How is it going, everybody? This is Sean Barnes. I want to welcome you to episode 28 of The Way of the Wolf. So on the show today, we have a guest that has actually been on with us before. His name is Henry Walker. He was on episode 15. If you haven't heard that episode, I highly encourage you to do so. It was... Uh, quite an experience getting to hear his story and the adversity that he has overcome. So Henry, welcome back to the show. Oh man, thanks for having me. Uh, by the way, I'll say this for everybody, because if you're not in this studio, you don't know, this thing is nice. Like <laughs> you're making me look bad right now with mine. Well, it's, it's, it's starting to come together. I've been pretty excited about it. It's taken a, oh God, quite frankly, a few months to get oh, here. Dude, so. and your logo looks great. Yeah, so that was a yeah. Ethan did an incredible job on the logo on this table. So uh, Ethan Curry, for any of you who are in this area, want some steel fabrication work? The guy he he does some some incredible stuff. Yeah, he did a big uh, seven foot metal skull and wreath for me at the gym. So it's yeah. So that was the inspiration for this. Actually, I haven't backlit it yet. I still got to work through that, but I've got some lights down here. So hell yeah, uh, work in progress. This was this was always about yeah. Okay, so on the show today, I know we've talked about your history before, which is an incredible story, like I mentioned. I want to delve into a few different topics that we didn't get to cover last okay, time. Okay, yeah, man. First and foremost, let's get into cars. We're both <laughs> car guys. You have a beautiful Chevelle. Tell us a little bit about it. Um, in my life, I've had a, I've had a couple cool things. I've had uh, cross rockets. I've mm-hmm. had choppers. I've had uh, custom old school Harleys. Uh, I had a twin turbo uh, mock Mustang mm-hmm. 2004. Okay. Um I've had a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. But since I was time I was five years old, I grew up in the in, in the car shows. Like uh, the nifty fifties, but they used to be held on weekends. Uh good guys became a thing, you know, uh, all the old street rods and muscle cars and like I always hung out with the older kids and one of the older kids, his name is Willie Aragon. Like we'll never forget, he got a seventy uh Malibu. Okay. That was his first car. Wow. Small block, uh Turbo 350 transmission. Now, was it all done up, or did he have to restore it? He restored it. Okay, uh, nice. It was, he bought, his parents bought him a shell Okay. with a small block in it, and it had milk crates for seats. <laughs> okay. And uh, he had a painting party. Like I remember as a kid, he had a paint party where he invited all of his friends over. They primered the car, sanded it, mm-hmm. and uh, he ended up painting it hunter green with green stripes, and it okay. had uh, green interior in it. Like a so hunter green with like a darker green stripe on it. No, just the white stripes. Oh, just white stripes. White okay, stripes, yeah. gotcha. All right. And I remember seeing that car, and I was like, man, this car is gangster. Mm-hmm. And ever since I was a kid, I was like, you know, I want a seventy to seventy two Chevelle. To me, that is always going to be cool. That yeah. will forever be a cool car. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as it came up, you know, the the car thing was always my thing. I loved cars. I loved trucks. I loved anything. Fast enough to do something stupid with. But I was like, you know what? I think it's time to build a Chevelle. Yep. And at the time, I had a, a 70 uh, Sport Coupe must, uh, 70 Sport Coupe Camaro. Okay. Uh, which a lot of people would consider like one of their favorite cars. Mm-hmm. I'm a big guy. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I need something a little more room in it. Yep. And uh, the opportunity to pick up this Chevelle, well, it's a Malibu, uh, out of... San Antonio for nine grand. All right. The paint job's currently on it. Yep. Uh, that's how that's how it came. Mm-hmm. And it had like Corvette offset wheels with spacers on it, okay. four wheel drums, mm. 120 horsepower, small block, 350, <laughs> yeah. you know. I was like, man, I'm going to turn this car into something. Yep. 
And uh, over the past like three years, I've just put every time I get a little extra money after mm-hmm. all the bills are paid and it's money saved. I'm like, all right, let's start buying some stuff. So now it's uh, I'm saving up right now to do a roaster shop chassis underneath it. Okay. But uh, it's got a built uh, 8.6, uh, 8.6 inch uh, rear end, 411 gears, mm-hmm. Will Woods all the way around, tubular control arms, big sway bars. Uh, Viking coilovers, thousand horsepower LS3 Whipple. All right, tell me a little bit about the build. The uh, well, the engine LS3. So it, it's a it was a CT525 uh, okay. uh, crate motor. Okay, I picked it up for four grand from my cousin because he mm-hmm. wrecked his car, and uh, we took it and took it over to late model engines. Those mm-hmm. guys uh, did a 416 uh, fully forged stroker kit in it. Okay, uh, it dynoed 733. With the supercharger at eight pounds of boost. All right. Um, no problem at all. Mm-hmm. We turned the boost up, got a thousand out of it, and now we're running around about 700 on the street, just okay. conservative tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a T56 six speed out of a, uh, a GTO, a modern right. GTO. Yeah. And uh, it's got tilting twin disc clutch, tilting throw out bearing. So, how was that clutch? So, I it, love it. Okay. I love it. Like, uh, I had it before this clutch, I had a, uh, American powertrain uh, set up for the, all the hydraulics. Mm-hmm. And then I had a, a spec stage three R okay. single disc with their, uh, with their flywheel and everything. And it's either off or on. There yeah. was no feathering yeah. at all. Uh, the, tw- the Tilton's rated for 1,250 foot pounds of torque. Okay. And you can feather it. You can pop it. You can all do right. everything. So is it organic or a blend of steel and organic? It's a, it's a blend. Okay. All right. And it's just, it's fun to drive. And yeah. It, and it just, it wants to eat. Yeah. And then, uh, my buddies over all in one took care of me. We've got custom set of intros on it. Okay. 20 by 11s, mm-hmm. 19 by nines on the front. Yeah. 315 tire in the back. No, no tubbing, no nothing. Just, mm-hmm. it's fun. Yep. I just put my TMI interior in. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, okay. I'll yeah. swing by and check it out. Uh, I put my TMI interior in, and we're actually building uh, new door panels. All right. And I've got the very first production uh, one-piece headliner from TMI. Really? So the okay. old-school Chevelles had yep. the bow liner, mm-hmm. uh, which, if you don't know, it's just literally a piece of fabric with a bow, and they clip it in place. Um, I have a one-piece, all-fiberglass molded, and it's wrapped in black suede, black sail panels. Mm. And then we're putting a, uh, it's got SCAR audio system in it right now. We're getting that out. Okay. Putting kicker in. All right. Just because better sound quality. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we're building a custom center console. The same guys all in one are building a custom center console. We're putting an S1 sequential shifter in. Yeah. And then we're putting in Apple CarPlay. Nice. I, I, I'm building the car to drive. Like yeah. I, I want to be able to get in it and yes, it's high horsepower. Yes. It's fun to drive. This is the, the fuel system is built for 1500 horsepower. Mm-hmm. The cooling system is built for 1500 horsepower. I just want, you know, seven, 800 to the ground and I can get in it right now, jump in it and head to Lake Charles. Yeah. I can run 90 miles an hour on I 10, 2500 RPM mm-hmm. and six gear and still get, 19, 20 miles a gallon. Yeah. It's, it's, that's what it's all about. I mean, I think whenever I was younger, it was all about how fast can I go driving that ET down at the quarter for me? How much horsepower can I make? How much can I spray this car? Yeah. And what I came to realize is 
it gets very costly mm-hmm. whenever you're going to the track, you're breaking parts, you're always finding the weakest link, which is never fun. No. Because it's always more and more and more. And so for me, like you, it's I've got my, my ZR1 and it's really just I wanted to be able to jump in it, push the button and go. Yeah. And that's pretty much how it's been. Now I can't push the button and it go right now because the fuel pump died. So yeah. time to upgrade yeah. to something that will support more power just in the event that I do. Well, but, I mean, you you got the pulley set up. You've, you've done a whole bunch of stuff. So, it's, so it's head cam, ported blower, full bolt-ons. Um, still just a 2.6 pulley, so it only makes like 11 pounds of boost, but it put 730 to the wheels. Oh, yeah. that's more so, than Especially enough. on a 3,300-pound, 3, 3,200-pound car. It's I mean, it's a... It's a handful. Believe it or not, our cars are about the same weight. Really? I'm a I'm I'm I tip the scales at thirty three ten. That's crazy. I would have figured it would have been a lot heavier. No, nah, have you done a lot of weight savings or no? No, it's just a light car. Just a light like car. like you gotta remember in seventy they didn't have all the sound yeah, deadening and all the true. electronics and yeah. all that stuff. So it's got sound deadening in it now because yep. when we originally got it, it was about thirty two hundred pounds. Okay. All right. Um and and then we took the motor out, which took another 100 pounds off of it. But we put a lot of weight back in with uh, sound deadening, just yeah. trying to make, make it a little bit more drivable. Make the cabin a little more nicer. So I'm doing the exact same thing. I just ordered a heavy-duty extreme sound deadening kit that actually just came in just the other day. So I'm going to be putting that in my car here pretty soon. Well, yeah, I mean, you you have one of the coolest cars out there. You have a, a rarity. It's uh, and And the fact of it is, is... We have another buddy, Chris Moore. Yep. Who's got the same car. The gray. Yeah. Yeah. So he's uh, that one makes a lot of power from what I remember. 1,300 horsepower. <sighs> Jeez. And he's got everything done. Yeah. And he's got the titanium uh, coated pistons, all that yeah. stuff. So he's he, he's next level with yeah. it. Yeah. But, I mean, at the same time with what he's got going on, he's he's trying to drive down ET. And, mm-hmm. You know, he's got his own business, plus he's got his day job. All the, he's yeah. got the disposable income where... Yeah. He doesn't want to drive it on the street. Mm-hmm. I want to drive my car on the street. You want to drive your car on yep, the street. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about business ownership. You had a chance to share your story. One of the things that I've, I've, I don't know, I guess clued into recently, or started paying more attention to recently is how businesses are starting to be much more outspoken about their beliefs political beliefs and whatever that may be. Now I see other business owners that just kind of toe that line and they stay quiet. They don't want to upset half of their customer base. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I've been watching recently because I find it very interesting. You see businesses that are kind of coming out, making statements that lean to the left, others that lean to the right. One of the things that I respect about you and Chris Tarver, you're very open about, Hey, this is what I believe. If you don't like it, suck it. Quite yeah. frankly, fuck you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, tell me a little bit about that. Has that always been how you are? And then, have you seen any sort of um, changes in your customer base by being outspoken? So, I, I I have this friend. He has a a Mexican food restaurant in mm-hmm. in Conroe. Uh, he's the owner, and he he told me he goes, "You can't make everyone happy." Mm-hmm. And I was okay. He goes, no matter how hard you work, no matter what you do, you're not going to make everyone happy. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to try. And for about the first year, year and a half in business, I tried to make everybody happy. I Mm -hmm. I stayed quiet, this and that. And I realized, like, you can look at someone wrong and offend them. Mm -hmm. And it kind of went to this place where I was like, you know what? 
I'm tired of kissing everyone's ass and everybody thinking I'm either this or I'm that. If you're going to pass judgment on me, you're going to pass judgment on the real me. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to bitch out. I'm just going to just be, I'm going to be this way from, from, the, from the get-go. And it kind of bothers people when I say things like, fuck the government. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't give two fucks about Black Lives Matter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give two fucks about uh, the, the conservative parties. I don't give two fucks about the liberal parties. I give, I think of the world of, I had the, the podcast with Gwen Berry. Mm-hmm. We just had her on. Um, I think people should understand that it's not either left or right. It's we're people and, and we can't cherry pick things. I'm a constitutionalist. I believe in that. I'm a libertarian. If you want to get in political realm of things, don't fuck with me. I won't fuck with you. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, I don't think the government should tell us what to do, how to do, what to put in our bodies, all that shit. Yeah. So why don't we just say that? And, you know, we're in the world of business ownership. I'm not Coca-Cola. I ain't trying to make everybody happy. I'm going, you know what? I have a niche. And in my niche that I, I have carved out for myself, if you are extreme this or extreme that, we're not for you. Mm-hmm. We're for the people that are in the middle that just want to enjoy life and and build something for yourself and make yourself better and make the people around you better. And that's all that matters. And the problem is, is so many people nowadays, only thing they fucking care about is, well, I don't want to, I don't want to offend nobody. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. I don't care. Like, I don't give a shit if you're offended by me telling you go fuck off. Yeah. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. We, we, I'm here to do a job. I'm here to make money. I'm here to change people's lives. I can't do that if I'm constantly worried about what someone thinks about me. Mm-hmm. I can't, you couldn't do that yep. in, in, in the corporate world. If, if you constantly looked at somebody and go, I got to worry about offending this person, then you will never be able to do your job. Mm-hmm. And, and I think more people need to understand it's about doing right for people mm-hmm. and going, you know what? If we're, if we're the silent majority, the people that are in the middle are the actual silent majority, people that are quiet, someone needs to speak up. Mm-hmm. Someone needs to say, it doesn't matter. Like, we shouldn't have to worry about these things. We shouldn't have to worry about, well, I don't have enough black customers. What mm-hmm. I got to do? Mm-hmm. I don't have enough Hispanic customers. I don't know what to do. Oh, I'm going to piss off the white people. I'm going to piss off the, fuck them. Yeah. Either you're with me or you're not. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's just the way it needs to be. Tarver's got a great fucking philosophy. Yeah. He, he speaks his mind. You know, he talks about Christianity. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer. Yeah. You know, we, we have these things that I don't care if I offend you. This is what I believe. And you can call me crazy. You can call me stupid. You can do all those things, but I'm not going to change who I am for anybody anymore. Well, here's the thing. I think that there are so many people, and I'll just go ahead and say the silent majority that respect that so much and so from my perspective, I, I think whenever I see someone like you, like Tarver, some people that are are comfortable speaking their mind and not worried about who am I going to offend, who am I going to piss off, that yeah. makes me want to do business with yeah. that person because they're genuine and they're real and you know that they're going to tell it to you straight. Same thing with Scott Wells. He 
He's Scott's better people, he's, man. He's you know better now. <laughs> but ten he's, years ago, he was really good at being very outspoken and to a point where I, I think it did drive some people away. But it also brought a lot of people in because they wanted that realness that yeah. he brought to the table. Why? Well, it's why? Why would you alienate? Why? Why would you think you're alienating people by speaking your mind? People, people are going to either be with you. And they're going to go, hey, man, I, I like your style. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to say, hey, man, it's not for me. If it's not for you, that's cool. Yeah. Go on down the road. Well, so I think, and you touched on this with your episode with Gwen, where you talk about cancel culture. Yeah. And I think that is becoming more and more of an issue. And there's people that, or I suspect, there are people and business owners that are a little bit fearful of, oh, my God, if I say the wrong thing, they're going yeah. to try to shut my business down. Or they're going to uh, prevent me from promoting my business and, and things yeah. like that. Well, honestly, the cancel culture is, I think it's dying. Mm-hmm. I think, I think when you have uh, people like Bill Maher, mm-hmm. people like John Stewart that are now going, okay, this has gone too far. Yeah. You, 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 you're taking uh, comments from 15, 20 years ago and, oh, you need to cancel this person because, Oh, they, they, they called someone fat. You, you shouldn't do business with them. They said 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. Yeah. And, and, and when you have people that are, are on both sides of the spectrum that are getting called out and attacked because of just having an opinion from so long ago. Yeah. People can change. People can get better. People Absolutely. can change their, their thought process. They can yeah. do all these things. But to say, oh, we well, I don't want to do business with them now because you know, fifteen years ago they were an asshole. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. that doesn't work. And it, I think more people need to figure that part out. They do. All right. So with with business, I also see there's a little bit of a, a phrase that I've heard, and I can't recall where I, where I heard it from. But somebody is basically saying there's two ways to have the biggest building. One is to be the best, and the best engineers and the best materials and build the biggest building. Yeah. The other approach is to tear down everyone else's building until all yours is the only one that's left standing. Now, whenever I apply that to the things that you've experienced, I think you've built an incredible building in legacy barbell. Thank you. But I also know that you have had challenges with a lot of competing gyms that have tried to tear your building down. How has that been? Well, I, I t- again, same guy who owns the restaurant told me, he goes, you don't have any competition. Mm-hmm. You're your own competition. Yep. And, I, and I take that into everyday life. I, I take it to a place where, okay, fine. You, you work, we're competitors to you. I'm 10 miles away, whatever. We have similar ideas, similar thought processes. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But... I got people currently. There's a gym. Um, they're off Luetta, and and you know the grand scheme of things. Luetta and Oak Ridge aren't that far apart mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, but there are people that won't drive ten minutes down the road to go to a gym. They want one that's right outside their neighborhood. And this person, much like the people in the past, instead of trying to sell against me with where they're better or where they have me beat or whatever they, their perception of, they just go, well, you know, he's lying. It's not 15,000 square foot. 
He doesn't have all that equipment. They don't have any AC there. They don't have this. I'm like, like, <laughs> sorry, what? <laughs> and 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 honestly, I, I I used to take it super personally. Yeah. Because we we ended up closing down a local gym because they just weren't good at business and everybody paid a different thing and some people were paying five bucks a month, some people were paying a hundred. Mm. Oh, yeah. And they were like, "We're we're this," and they took they they just took all these things and just barraged them at me, mm-hmm. hoping something would stick. And if you're good at what you do, you don't really worry about competition. Yeah, you worry about building the you build your building. Yeah, I don't focus on any building around me. I mm-hmm. don't focus on if you come up behind me and you're ready to stab me in the back, I'll let you put your knife in. Mm-hmm. Because when I get up, I'm going to build something even crazier. Yeah. And and I think when it comes to business, more people need to figure that part out. They do. Because whether you're trying to build a gym, mm-hmm. whether you're trying to build a shop, whether you're trying to build a, an oil and gas company, if all you do is focus on what everyone else is doing, you're losing sight of your focus. That's right. And I and I've I figured out if I maintain my focus here mm-hmm. and not worry about this bullshit over here, yeah. I will steadily just creep ahead to the point where we're signing up 100 to 120 people a month now. Yeah, it's incredible. It's 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 amazing. Yeah. Like I'm like I give it all to God, believer. I'm I I give it all to God and I say cuz when we before we open the doors at place, my wife and I the new gym or the, the new, the new okay. gym. Yeah. Before we opened the doors, the night before we got the clear to open, we sat there, put our hands on the floor, and we prayed. And we said, God, just let us let us change people's lives. Mm-hmm. Let us show the world that we can do something the right way and, and not take advantage of people and show people that the preconceived notions of what we do isn't that. And, and bless us and help us keep going. And since doing that, when we opened the doors three weeks before COVID, we had about 622 members. Um, we're at just shy of 1,600 right now. That's incredible. In a year? Yeah. 1,000 people in a year? Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of that has to do with COVID. A mm-hmm. lot of that has to do with my, me speaking out. Yeah. A lot of that has to do with uh, Fox News. Mm-hmm. But none of it would be possible if if... God didn't hear what I was asking for and arranging that and, and helping people find us. And now our social media marketing is, and I still run it. I don't have a company doing it. I sort somehow, some way it's now getting out there and more people are seeing it and figuring out how to do this. So if you, if I stay, keep that focus, it's going to keep growing. Mm-hmm. And if I worry about this gym or, or this supplement company, or this one, or this one, or this one, or or whatever. I'm, I'm never going to make it. I, there's there's gyms that literally copy everything that I do, except they cheap out on the one thing that matters, which is the equipment. Mm-hmm. And they go, well, we're better than them. Well, I'm sure you are. And you're, in your area, you're better than me. Mm-hmm. Congrats. I don't, I don't fucking care. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried about here. Yeah. I'm worried about the trajectory of my business. My future locations, what I'm doing, all those things. That is what I'm focusing on. Well, I think having that relentless drive and focus on your world and your business is such a crucial part of success. 
So, which is actually a good segue into our next topic. Whenever I think about success, I see a lot of, you'll see success stories and hear about success stories and people, I've heard comments in the past, well, you know, the more money you make, uh, money corrupts, things like that. So uh, I'm going to share my perspective on it, but I'm curious, what has success done for you? Do you feel that it's changed you or the people around you? What are your thoughts on that? Money does corrupt. Okay. That's why I've never had any. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm just a weird person, man. Like, um, I absolutely, I'm, I'm, I'm just like anybody else. I enjoy money. Money Mm -hmm. helps. It does. Money buys me new guns or, Mm -hmm. or shit for my car or or whatever, or allows me to take vacations. Mm -hmm. Um, one day it'll buy me a Lambo, Mm -hmm. but I'm just a freak. I, I, I think that anytime I make a little bit of money, Mm -hmm. I try to figure a way to reinvest. Yeah or save it to where I can open my next one. Mm-hmm. And, and so money absolutely changes you. Okay. I remember when I first started, you want to talk about fear, fear of the unknown, fear of, man, I, I mean, I've sunk everything I have into this. Mm-hmm. This is terrifying. Yep. And I remember like getting two, three signups a month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I just need to, Hold on for a couple more months because a couple more months, maybe I can get three three to like eight. Yeah. And then man, that'll help. And 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 we'll be okay. And 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 I won't have to, you know, keep paying late on my truck or or you know, hopefully, you know, I, I didn't make this all this shit happen and I'm gonna be without and I'm gonna not have a house. I'm gonna fuck up my credit and you know, all these things. And the only difference is that money has changed is I'm comfortable. To me, it's it's keeping twenty thousand dollars in the bank and thinking you're broke. Mm-hmm. It's it's being able to spend two grand on a weekend trip to Nashville because you haven't taken a vacation in two years and you're finally okay with spending that kind of money. Yeah, that's the only thing money has changed for me mm-hmm. is the ability to enjoy my life just a hair more. Mm-hmm. Because I know that that one little insert, that little deposit into the happy bucket. Yep. Goes a long way. Goes a long way because that means, okay, I've spent two, three grand here because we're going to Nashville. I'm using that as an example. Mm-hmm. We're going to Nashville. I'm going to spend two to three grand here. That goes into the happy bucket. That's going to hold me over for the next year yeah. while I'm saving and building and, and moving on to where I can open number two, number three, number four, mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where money has changed me. I yeah. used to think, okay, I just need, you know, I just want a million dollars. Yeah. Nah. Now it's now now the it's not greed. It's uh, building an empire and changing lives. Yeah. That's where so money's changed. That's exactly right. It's it's about changing lives. And for me, so I I don't necessarily agree with your statement about money corrupting. For me, I think it's money will bring out more. Of what you already are. If, I, that's if, fair statement. If you're an asshole, you're yeah. just going to be a bigger asshole, quite yeah. frankly. But if you have a good heart and are genuine and want to help people, it gives you additional means to do that. It gives you a vehicle to be able to help more people's lives. Well, and, and I think that's why we're friends because you you understand that part. Mm-hmm. I think somebody who you know, let's just say, has a business, it's moderately successful. 
They go out and buy a Ferrari. Mm. They go out and buy a Lamborghini. They go out and just buy stuff to to flex on people. Yeah. And to, and to be this. And that's where I think the corruption line comes in. Mm-hmm. There are people in this life that money doesn't change them. Money doesn't affect them. Yeah, You know, I wish I had a better role model when it came to that because my dad went from uh, most likely not to be anything to being literally the most successful person that ever came out of his high school. Mm-hmm. And money changed him and money made him a complete fucking dick. It's either figuring out, am I going to be the asshole Mm -hmm. that becomes the bigger asshole? Yeah. Or am I going to go, hey, money's coming in and it helps me breathe a little better. Yep. But all right, we have like a month of comfort. What can we do to fuck that up and and push ourselves even further? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I I think my biggest victory to date was just recently. I I paid off a $10,000 Amex. Yeah with my profits for the month. I paid it off and on this month I'm looking a little lean. I'm sitting there going, okay, we got to do this. We got to do this because I want to keep putting money into marketing. I want to keep doing this. And that's where the money comes into play. Mm-hmm. And I'll go, okay, what do I got to do? Where do I got to make sure I stay lean and mean and try to get to where I need to go? Yep. Because most people go, if you told them, Hey, I make 30 grand a month. I'm doing fucking great. Mm-hmm. That's not success. Success is, is you've got a million dollars in mailbox money and instead of spending it all on yourself, turning around, building something else, mm-hmm. building something bigger, adding to more and more and more yeah, and helping those that helped you build, bring those in. And that's where that happiness comes in. That's where that, uh, the, the money corrupting you. Yeah. Well, it's my money. I'm going to do what the fuck I want instead of going... All right, let's take my team, my core people, my A team. They've all got raises. Mm-hmm. Yep. My manager just got another raise. Yeah. I, I'm spending money and time and effort on these people because these people see the day to day. Yeah. And just going instead of keeping the money for myself, it's giving it to them and going, "Hey, you all got raises. What can we do to make this place better? Mm-hmm. And how can we keep doing it? And 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 hiring more people that are like that." And building that team, that team goes off and builds their own teams, and and all this, that's where money comes into play. Yeah, because you're able to change positively yeah. impact people's lives, not just from a, a fitness perspective, but financially. Yes, you're able to to gr- potentially change the trajectory of their lives, and that builds that builds so much strength and and culture, and then the people that that are working with you. Yeah. And I say with you very intentionally because oh, yeah. I've had conversations. They, oh yeah. I'm not they don't the boss work for you. They work with you. They work with me. And um, that's what leadership's all about. And, and that's, that's the dichotomy of leadership Yep, is, is being a leader and, and learning that, that I hate the term boss. Mm-hmm. I hate being called boss. I hate that because to me, it's, I'm not going, if I want you to clean the toilet, you're going to watch me clean the toilet first. Mm-hmm. If, if something needs to be picked up, you'll see me walk around, pick it up myself because yep. I will. And, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk about someone that, that changed the kind of way I look at things. One of my employees, Eric Polius, super nice guy. One of the people love him when they walk through the door. And what I tell people is, is when Eric first started me, he still drives it. I'm trying to talk. We're trying to give him a new car. 
But he drives this old beat up Honda Accord, and he was struggling to even pay, put gas in it. Mm-hmm. Now he's responsible for one third of the payroll. <laughs> wow, which might not seem like a lot mm-hmm. to most people, but to go from zero to where you are literally getting one third of the payroll because you work your ass off yep. and people like you so much and you spend so much time building something and mm-hmm. being part of it. That is one of the greatest compliments in the world because I see him working now. I see him. He's now doing Forex trading. He's doing all this great stuff and it's building that up. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for Nikki, if it wasn't for Jeff, who's been with me for three, four years, like these people, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. That's how amazing these people are. So take that money instead of going, huh, this is my new car. Yeah. This is, hey, this is, hey, we think these new yeah. shoes. This is my new Jordans. No, it's, hey man, you've been killing it. Mm-hmm. Let's get you a race. Yeah. So the, one of the interesting experiences I've had, we talked a lot about my career in oil and gas, all the integrations and, and M&A stuff that I've been able to yeah. be a part of. One of the most interesting acquisitions and integrations that I had the opportunity to lead was when we spoke about it on your show back in 2018, we acquired a completion tools business out of Corpus Christi. We paid over half a billion with a B dollars for this business. The, the owner name was Lynn Frazier. He had built it over 30 years with zero debt, just Plugging My away, man. plugging away. My man. Zero debt. And he just, I mean, talk about a payday. Mm-hmm. Half a billion dollars this man just took. I mean, that's that's huge. Yeah, and absolutely. what was so interesting is it never changed him. I spent a lot of time with Lynn and, and actually lived down in Corpus for a year. Spent so much time with him. The most genuine, kind-hearted, down-to-earth guy you will ever meet. And even after all of that was said and done... Whenever I was living down there, I would see him walking through the shop with a broom, going out there, helping people assemble some tools, go sit down with the engineers. Hey, what's going on here? What, well, what's, you know, what's the challenge? Just such a, a real, genuine, down-to-earth guy. And every single person there would bend over backwards and damn near die for that man. Mm-hmm. And so that is how you build strong culture and strong teams and how you positively affect lives. So... Now, it very well could have gone the other way. He could have taken that money and bought jets and all, like all sorts bolted, of stuff yeah. and bolted, but he didn't. It's just because he cared. And I think for me, that was the perfect example of how, in my mind, I don't think money corrupts. It brings out more of who you are. Now, that's just one instance, yeah. obviously. I've seen a lot of acquisitions where the owner just kind of takes his cash and bolts. And, um, and uh, Actually, r- real quick, before you sign. So there was another uh, CEO of a company that we had acquired. Uh, his nickname was the tearjerker. This guy would make grown men cry, just ripping them to shreds. I mean, so wow. the opposite end of the spectrum there. So, and he started another company and sold it, and it like <laughs> just kind of wow. continues the trend. So, I, I very similar story. My my uh, my first oil field job was with a company called Seaboard International. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy that owned it named was Kelly. Uh, Kelly sold it to, uh, they're now Weir. Okay. I'm pretty sure you've heard of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they sold it, and I think his personal payout was like $200 million. Yeah. Uh, 
he took that money. And so it doesn't matter when you started, you got mm-hmm. a piece of it. You yeah. got, you got, I think he carved out like $50 million. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you first started, you're there for like six months, you got a couple grand. Yeah. If you're there for a couple of years, you got them. And one of the guys was making like probably 70, 80 a year. And he personally paid him $300,000. That's crazy. And, and he, cause he was there for so long mm-hmm. and just, and I mean, just an employee, Grant, we're talking about entrepreneurship, but mm-hmm. in the employee realm, he goes, this employee has never let me down. And, and he, they built something together and he made sure he's taken care of. And God just wanted to work in the shop. And he goes, he's never wanted to be more than what he is. And so I'm, I'm he got a check for $300,000. Yeah. I had a, uh, the, the old company I was with right before I started the gym, the owner of that company who taught me a lot about business. He taught me a lot about being debt free, a lot about how to, what you do with money, how you treat people. He's kind of the reason why I am the way I am. Um, when I was an employee, he goes, and he, uh, he pointed out the vice president. He goes, do you know why he's the vice president? I like, cause he's the, he's the owner's best friend. He's your son's best friend. He goes, no. The reason why he's the vice president is because if he says he's going to do something, it's done, it's done right, and it's done right now. Mm-hmm. Whenever he says it's good, it's beyond good. And I and it took him years to build that, but when he says it, it's done. I never question him. I never ask again. Mm-hmm. It's done. Yeah. And that's the way I treat everyone in my staff. My staff tells me. It took a while to build it. it. Took a while to build the team, but if I ask something of them, it's done. Mm-hmm. And I and I never question it. And every time we get, do a little bit more business, I bump everybody up. Yeah, I want everybody to be taken care of. I don't want my staff to leave me. Yeah, I don't want to start over and have to train somebody else. I just want to go. All right, you're in charge. Of this, 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 this. You're doing this. And it all kind of just works out and it's mm-hmm. been glorious. And I think if you're an employee and you're struggling to figure out like how to grow mm-hmm. and how to become that, I think that's the best, you know, what use that advice. You, cause if you, the moment you become indispensable, mm-hmm. every employee I've ever known, Oh, he can't get rid of me. I'm this, I'm the attitude changes. Yep. And that's where it comes from. Like you have to, you have to figure out that part and you have to build it and you have to make something work mm-hmm. from that line of, of things. So for me, it's it money, having the right people tell you how to teach you how to spend money, right people how to make you better. Mm-hmm. It just goes from there, man. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. I ramble. <laughs> no, 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 that's, that's perfect. So I, one of the things that I also wanted to touch on, which is going to be kind of the, I'll say, main event of this show, of this particular episode, is fear and, and overcoming fear. So my episode from last week, I talked about it in yeah, like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. So pretty short. I caught it. Uh, sweet. But I got a lot of uh, really positive feedback, people reaching out, thanking me, things like that. And you touched on fear just a little bit earlier 
about your fear whenever you're opening the gym. Now, you've had a, a few challenging times when you first opened the doors at the original gym, yeah. and then whenever you moved over to the new one right before the pandemic hit. Talk to me about fear, how it impacted you, and how did you ultimately overcome it? What were some of the, the things that you learned along the way? Um, it's kind of a weird segue, but uh, cancer patients have a thing, and it's tattooed on a lot of them. It says, fear is a liar. Um, we have this overwhelming fear of everything we do failing. And that's completely normal. I think I think anytime you step way the fuck outside of the of, of the comfort zone, mm -hmm. there's fear involved, and that's completely normal. Um, when I was opening the gym, I was terrified. I was cocky yet terrified, which is the craziest feeling. I was like, oh, "We're gonna be successful. Just give it us a couple months." A couple months came by, and I was like, "Okay, this is gonna suck." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, you know, you just, something happens. Like you, if you're a believer and you, and you pray about it, you look for signs and you find it every day, you find a reason to keep getting up and going. And if you're not a believer and, and you think the universe is going to reward you, you look for ways to, to keep it going and, and reasons to keep getting up. Um, but fear is a liar because it tell you're teaching yourself and you're teaching your mindset that, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it everything I have. I'm, go I'm going to do these things. And when you first start it, you're like, I fucked up. Yeah. This is the dumbest idea I've ever had in my life. There's no way it's going to be successful. Every person goes through that. It doesn't matter if you are starting a new job, starting a business, building a car, um, getting up and starting to do cardio at 6 a.m. every day. It's the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life, and you're terrified of it. But you start anyway, and you just keep going. And the only time and I give this the same advice, whether it's a relationship, whether it's business, whether it's uh, marriage, the moment you have nothing left on the table is the moment you walk away. If there's still something left on the table, you get your ass up and you put in the work. Every fucking day, regardless of what's going on, how you feel, you're sick, you have a migraine, you're, you're hungover, you're, you're tired, you, you worked out the day before super hard and you just don't want to get up because your abs hurt, your legs hurt, you just get the fuck up and keep going. It's okay to be afraid. It's not okay to let fear control you. Yeah. I mean... Damn, I'm going to uh, clip that, and that's going to be the post for this for this episode. That's just couldn't have said it better myself. It's it's just so incredible, and I know there are a lot of people that I've had conversations with that I coach that have, you know, they have this fear, and you know maybe part of it is they're kind of in a comfortable place and they don't want to step out of their their little comfort zone, their cocoon yeah. of of protection. But part of it is is finding those people that care about you and those friends and family and whoever it may be that want to push you, that want to drive you out of that comfort zone to see you be successful, surrounding yourself with people like that, that can hold you accountable. Yeah. A lot of the conversations I have with people that I coach, it's really, it, 
I'm not doing much other than giving them shit when they don't do something that they said they were going to do. Yeah. I'm the same way. I, if you tell me you're going to do something and then you don't, like you don't even try, I will talk shit. Yeah. I'm, I, the quote is, is uh, I'd rather uh, choke on greatness than nibble on mediocrity. Mm-hmm. If you're going to tell me you're going to do something, I'm going to throw my buddy under the bus right now. My battle buddy. This is my dude. Like I, He's a brother. I love him. He's been talking about starting this clothing company called Take the Hill for a year. Yeah, you and I have spoken about that before. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, I was like, it's motivational. It's this, it's that. He goes, we had a conversation last night. He goes, I'm just waiting on you. He goes, dude, I can knock out the designs in five minutes. I'm waiting for you to print the first one. Yeah. And and he looked at me all crazy. I'm like, I, I, I'm waiting on you. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I'm waiting on. I don't, I don't need you to tell me you're waiting on me because I, I can do this shit. Mm-hmm. If you say you're going to do something, I expect you to do it. Whether you work for me or not. If you're my friend and you're, you, you're asking for input and you're asking for help and, hey, man, can I use your contact? Can I use your, your accounts to help me get started? Yeah, man, mm-hmm. let's do it. Yep. And then I don't hear about it for a week, three weeks, six months, a year. I'm going to talk shit mm-hmm. because it's fine for me to do and see and you see the, what I can do and you make your little quips of must be nice or this and that. I'm like, you can fucking do it too. You mm-hmm. just have to have the nuts to get up and, mm-hmm. and do it. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of go, well, I'm scared. Fuck it. Money. You can make more money. Mm-hmm. You, If you put $2,500 into a t-shirt business, and it falls flat on its face. Mm-hmm. You're out twenty five hundred bucks, and you get up, you lick your wounds, and you. Just, but you learned something. You learned something. You learned. You learned what you did wrong. Mm-hmm. You learned. Hey, this maybe not. Might not. I might think it's dope as fuck. Mm-hmm. That might be cool. Yeah. But, but these people didn't think so, mm-hmm. or the people the people that are out there didn't think so. Well, like you and I've also discussed. I mean, for me, especially. After I graduated from college, I had tried starting a PC repair company years and years ago because computers were my thing. I also tried starting kind of an automotive performance shop. You know, it's interesting on that note. So uh, Dave Vasser, he's the owner of the Nitrous Outlet. I worked for him for many years whenever I was going to school up in Waco. And he actually just sent me a message the other day on Facebook, there was, uh, I had a 2002 uh, Ford Lightning years ago. Awesome truck. Yeah, I freaking love that truck. So <clears throat> I worked with a local fabrication shop up in Willis and created a nitrous plate to go between the throttle body and the intake plane yeah. because they just, I mean, there's nozzles, but nobody made a plate for them. And even today, they don't really, not many companies make a plate. So uh, the name of the company was Bad Habit Motorsports. And had this this built aluminum plate, had Bad Habit Motorsports engraved on the front of it. Years ago, whenever I was parting everything out and selling, I sold the plate off. About six to eight weeks ago, Dave ran across it on, uh, for sale on a Facebook forum post. And he sent me the post. I reached out to the guy. He had already sold it to somebody else. And I started trying to chat with that person. And... Uh, I was actually just going to buy it from him. So look, I don't care what you paid for it. I'll pay you double. But for me, it was, it was, uh, nostalgic. It was nostalgic for me, yeah. quite frankly, and never even been used. The plate is printing like over all these years. It's never even been used. It's the only one 
never even been tested on a dyno spray. Like it's never even been tested. This guy put it on his car. I'm like, hell yeah. Be forewarned. Party. (laughs) Party. That's what I'm talking about. So, uh, you know, it's funny how those things kind of come around years and years later. Yeah. So in any event, both of my businesses failed, but I learned and I've been like you and I've discussed, I've been in the corporate world for a very long time and started doing a lot of the coaching and things that I've talked to you about on the side and, and absolutely love it. I've, I've learned so much and I've had mentors over the years that have basically said, well, until you quit your full-time career, you're never going to amount to anything on this side business and this coach, like all the stuff you're doing. Mm. So what worked for that person doesn't always work for someone like myself, who's very risk averse. I would rather build something on the side and just impact lives and the coaching stuff that I do. I'm not charging anybody for it. I'm just learning. I'm, I'm trying to really genuinely just help people out. You're helping people and building your niche. Exactly. Exactly. And so, and eventually I will do that full time. That will be my goal as I, as I kind of build things up. But I've learned over the years, yeah. and I've learned a tremendous amount in my corporate career, but I also know what my, my end game is. Yeah. And so for me, I'm taking a different approach than, than what you took, than what Stacey Rocca took, than all of these people. What's important is never losing sight of that passion. Correct. Never losing sight of what you want to accomplish in life. You hear stories all the time about people interviewing someone in their 80s, 90s, or even older, say you know, tell me about your life and all they talk about are the things that they regret not doing. Absolutely. Don't, for those of you listening, do not be that person. Don't turn into somebody 80, 90 years old and just regret. I wish I would have gone out there and started my business to Henry's point. You can earn more money. If you, if you sink everything into it and you fail, just go get another job. You can earn more money. You can go somewhere else and do something else, but don't let don't let yourself be the the thing that's stopping you from accomplishing your dreams. Well, I I, I jokingly say I can never go back. Mm-hmm. Um, once you have a taste of freedom, yeah, you can never go back. Um, you know, if it all ends tomorrow, I'll probably go back to a rig or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, just because it was what I know. Yeah. Um, but I tell people there's this place in your head that you have to find where, and for me, I, I I jokingly say I I operate on hate. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not a happy go lucky, you know, happiness motivates me. No hate motivates me. People trying to take me down, motivate me. Whenever somebody makes a post that is completely false about my business, because they want to be at a nicer place or whatever, it, it hits me in my core and I'm like, okay, I got to get better. What can I do to get better? If I can't add the amenities that somebody wants, then I can go to my team and go, we need to bump up, make sure everything's clean. You know, should this, 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 I went to George Pacific and went on their website and I set up everything with a rep and I was like, I want y'all's best uh, marketing sense that you can do because I want to take, uh, when you walk into the gym, I want to have a smell mm-hmm. and I want this smell to permeate. I don't want it to be. The old gym had a smell. Oh yeah, it must be. <laughs> oh boy. We also didn't have the AC system that yeah. we have. Me and that landlord are still going round and round. <laughs> um, but we're, we're doing this thing to where I want to appeal to an, a different crowd. So, I'm taking what somebody's um, 
hate that they were spewing about me. I took it internal. I took it personal. And I turned around like, you know what? I'm, I'm not happy-go-lucky doesn't motivate me. Yeah. Somebody talking shit mm-hmm. about something I can get better at, that motivates me. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get better. Yep. You actually, you weren't a hater, but I'm going to say something. Right. When you left for Corpus, uh-huh. like you had this thing for the first part of time where you'd come in for a couple months, you cancel. And, and you, back and forth. Back yeah. and forth. I took your criticism about not having enough functional stuff mm-hmm. to yeah. heart. And I started saving. And at yeah. the time, you know, we were making like a couple hundred bucks a month. Yeah. We weren't making a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saved up. And like, I remember you just came back. And I was like, it's funny you're here. And I showed you the. I remember the, that. I showed you the invoice. Yeah. I'm like, all new functional hexagon dumbbells. Like, like I, I take it to a place where I'm like, I take it personally when somebody cancels. I take it personally when. Someone says that uh, we have a mechanic's bathroom. Mm-hmm. I take it personal when um, someone says our AC doesn't work. So I called the AC company. I was like, hey, why is it doing this in the middle of the day? Oh, okay. oh the filters. Okay, let's take care of that. Yeah, I take it personally because I want to be the best. Mm-hmm. I want to own what I do. I want someone to go, assess my name and my business name and go, that's the baddest motherfucker in here because he cares about every single aspect. Mm-hmm. That's me. That's how I operate. Yeah. You have to find this place in your head that motivates you to absolutely crush every goal. And whether you're failing or you are on top of the world, that place that motivates you and you're falling flat on your face, it makes you get the fuck up every day and proceed further and harder than you ever before because I don't want to be 90 years old completely tattooed out because that's my goal I want completely tattooed out driving old muscle cars and shit I don't want to be that person to go man I, I wish I would have tried harder I wish I wouldn't have uh, stopped that's not where I want to be and I think being I'm about to be 40 pushing 40 there is one regret in life that I that I have, and 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 I'm open about it. Um, it's not having a child. Mm-hmm. I can't have kids, mm-hmm. so that's my biggest regret. So now the wife and I are figuring out how, you know, we can go through the adoption process, changing someone's life, taking someone out of a shitty situation or somebody that didn't want them, or or whatever that poor child's mm-hmm. path was, changing it. That's my regret. And by the time I'm 50, it'll probably be I didn't change more people's lives. I didn't change more children's lives and give them a better life. That it's My goals are always progressing. I'm never satisfied with just one of something. I want everything. And finding that happy place in your head that motivates you to either you need positive affirmation or you need negative enforcement or whatever your brain does to work. Mm-hmm. You have to find that happy place and you have to figure it out. Yeah. And I think more people just need to go, okay, it's scary. It's hard, but am I going to regret not doing it? Yep. That's really what it comes down to yeah. taking that first step. Yeah. That's the hardest step, at least in my experience. Yeah. And that's something that so many people struggle with. It's just taking that first step. And it's really not as bad as you think it's going to be. Oh, it's, I promise you. Oh, 
if you if you if you break it down to a movement, taking the first step, like picking your knee up, is mm-hmm. the most terrifying part. Yep. Putting your foot down and putting picking the next leg up mm-hmm. is so easy; it's ridiculous. Yep. If you think about it in the way of motion, picking your knee up is the scariest part. Stepping, once you figure out that this is the the fear part, and stepping out, mm-hmm. that is a hundred times easier than picking your leg up. Yep. It's a it's an incredible feeling. When you when you first get something, I'm gonna use you as an example. Okay. Your first podcast. Mm. Yeah. You were super nervous. Oh yeah. You were awkward. Yeah. <laughs> you 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 just you just were like, what am I, am oh I gonna God. fucking do? This? What am I gonna do? What? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing? What am I, what am I gonna talk about? Like, and now what are you like? Thirty something episodes? Forty. Um, so this is twenty eight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're almost 30 episodes in. Mm-hmm. You have a full podcast studio now. I do. You have all this comfort in your voice, all this. You're a meticulous individual in any way, and you bring order to the chaos. But you have this thing that your first step, you're terrified. Now you're like, all right, I got three lined up, four lined up. All right, what are we going to be talking notes? And you understand it now. Yep. It became easy. And whether you get paid off of YouTube or mm-hmm. you get um, clients off of it mm-hmm. or are or, or you put your logo on a shirt and you start selling it. Yep. It's, I started here and I know what the next steps are mm-hmm. and I know what I want to do. And whether I fail or I succeed, I'm going to fucking do it. Yep. And, and that's, the, that's where you got to be. Yeah. And, and you know, there, there are definitely times whenever I just don't feel like recording an episode. There are times whenever I think, God, I'm so busy. I'm exhausted. Everything that I'm doing with work, especially taking over safety and transportation, it's, it's just exhausting with everything that's going on. But I made this commitment to all of my listeners. Yeah. All 15 of you out there. I'm, I'm kidding. There's more than that. Um, good 20 or 30 right now. So Absolutely. Live stream, so, baby. Live but here's stream. the thing. Like I've made that commitment to myself and then everybody else that yeah. every single week, I'm going to deliver. And so that's part of what also drives me because I don't fail. I'll stumble. I'll trip around. I'll mess things up from time to time, but I don't fail. I always learn and keep moving forward. Well, with, with the healing culture, like there are weeks that I just don't have anything to say. Mm-hmm. If I don't have anything to say, I kind of, I, I don't record. Mm-hmm. And the, and the reason for it is, is when I'm recording, I want to be authentic if I have a guest on, I, I I want to talk to that person. I want to pick their brain. I want to do those things. You know, Gwen is a, f- a fantastic friend. Yeah. Um, look up Gwen Berry. She's awesome. Um, she's catching a lot of heat, but uh, shameless plug, Heathen Culture. She uh, she's on there. We actually talk about everything. Um, but it's if I don't have something to say, I don't record. Mm-hmm. If I don't have somebody that I want to talk to and record the conversation and and challenge somebody to, if you're making me change the way I look at things, I want to see if I can help, if I can at least show you my opinion and maybe change the way you might look at something. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about on the podcast yesterday where um, the I haven't really seen racism in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I grew up with a very shitty situation and and I. I I've heard a lot of racist things in my life, but I was never, I was never that way. Um, she 
when I, she came out and she stood up, she got number three, she got bronze, and she stood there with an activist athlete yeah. T-shirt, and she turned away from the flag. And I saw how many news stations and how many news people just barraged her and, and talked all this shit. Mm-hmm. And it was black athlete this, black I'm like, that's racism. Because mm-hmm. if somebody would have done that with a MAGA cap or mm-hmm. a Biden flag or whatever, they would have been a fucking hero. Mm-hmm. But because she's a black athlete standing up for black people that are disenfranchised, she she got a lot of shit for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she changed. She helped me change the way I look at something. Mm-hmm. So I did the same thing with her. Yeah, with with one of our topics. Podcasting is one of the coolest things you can do because you have the ability to talk. You have the ability to have it. If I don't have anything to say, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, and you're fantastic about pumping out content. Well, for me, like it, it's it's really about the consistency, and it also really forces me to to level up. Now, I have some episodes that don't really get much. They don't really get much traction, and not many people listen to them. But for me, it's about forcing myself to. Okay, what is the next topic? What is something? And a lot of times it comes from coaching calls that I have with people, and I think, you know what, this is actually a really good topic that I want to cover. And yeah, some don't get hardly any views or listens, but uh, others get hundreds of of downloads. And so it's really, I'm trying to be consistent, and also part of that comes from just how structured and methodical I am in life overall. So it's just kind of ingrained in who I am as well. What? Let's say one of your podcasts gets... 10 listens mm-hmm. the next one gets 300 mm-hmm. that one that got 10 listens and 10 downloads you still impacted somebody yep and that's and if i don't i look at it as like if i don't have nothing to say mm-hmm. then i'm not gonna say it yeah i have this victim victor not a victim mentality mm-hmm. i think everybody should learn to be a victor and not be a victim in their life and i put out 100 i put out a 12 minute podcast where i was just on there just ranting yep and I was just going off about this culture of, I got this and this is wrong with me. That's why I can't do that. And I, I went off for like 12 minutes. Very Andy, Fr- Andy Frisella yeah. of me yeah. to do it that way. But uh, one person, I got like 25 downloads of it. Mm-hmm. And one person reached out to me and goes, dude, I really need to hear this. Mm-hmm. Dude, it, it made my day. Yep. It made my, it made my absolute fucking day. And then I have some that have hundreds of downloads and people are like, these guys are a bunch of morons. So it's, (laughs) it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we run up on about an hour or so. I need to get a bigger SD card because I'm running out of time on my camera (laughs) here, clearly. So, uh, Henry, such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I want to thank all of you listeners, especially those of you that are taking the time to to leave reviews and provide a little bit of context for people who maybe haven't listened to the show before. Thank you so much, and y'all have a good one.